Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. It's clear these days it's tough to make time. Schedules quickly become busy and calendars suddenly become full. To that end, DPC is excited to now offer this podcast channel, which will allow you to hear a recording of Sunday's sermon from that day's preacher. Whether you listen while taking an evening stroll, driving to and from the grocery store, or anytime you get a free couple of minutes, we hope it can allow for reflection and spiritual growth during your week. We also invite you to visit www.dtownpc.org to learn more about our church, our various ministries, and online giving opportunities. Thank you for tuning in. It had been many days since Jesus had visited the disciples that in that locked room on the Sunday night of his resurrection. So Peter, John, and his brother James, Nathaniel, Thomas, and two others decided that they would do what they did best. They went fishing. They're back up in their home territory in Israel, far from the hustle and bustle of the city of Jerusalem. They're away from the tomb in the garden and the awful reminders of the hill of execution, along with the dangers of being identified as a follower of Jesus. They'd gone home. Peter was from Capernaum, which is located in the north of Israel along the coast of the Sea of Galilee, or as the Gospel of John calls it, the Sea of Tiberias. And Tiberias is not far from Capernaum. They'd gone fishing. Now, in just about any trinket shop on the beach, in any beach town along the shore of New Jersey, you will probably find a hand-painted sign that you can buy and hang up somewhere special that says, gone fishing. It's a phrase we understand. It means, I'm out of here. I'm taking a break. I'm going to the water just to be and wait and wait and wait until maybe a fish might come along and nibble at the end of the line. These disciples had been on a whirlwind journey for three years. They'd been following this strange, surprising, intriguing man, Jesus of Nazareth. They had seen things they could never imagine. People healed. Thousands fed from five loaves and two fishes. Religious leaders so angry that they had run Jesus out of their synagogue and town, ready to stone him. They'd heard stories about Samaritans and prodigal sons, lost coins and weeds and seeds. They'd seen a man, Lazarus, brought out of a tomb alive after three days. They'd met all kinds of people. Lepers, prostitutes, tax collectors, rich young rulers, Mary and Martha of Bethany, and so many more. In three years, this Jesus had taken them out of their boats and away from their fishing nets. He'd expanded their understanding of their world, themselves, and most importantly, God. How they trusted him how they hoped in him. 
They hoped that he was the promised Messiah. How they wanted him to be the one that the prophets had spoken about, the one who would liberate Israel. How they wanted him to be the one who was going to fix the cruel and oppressive world they lived in. How they trusted him, that he would bring freedom to the prisoners and good news to the poor, just as he said he was going to do. But now, it had all collapsed. In a single night and day, it had all fallen apart. An arrest, a bogus trial, and horror of horrors, a crucifixion. This man that they loved and followed was tortured and violently killed. And then, and then he came back a resurrection, the most unthinkable thing. He came back from the dead. And they had seen him, and they had touched him, and they had heard him, but they were still trying to figure it all out. What did it mean? Was he back for good? What now? What next? What were they expected to do with all that they had learned and heard and experienced? And so what did they do? They went fishing. They knew how to maneuver the boat out into the deep waters. They knew how to read the currents and the winds. They knew how to throw the nets and trim the sails. Fishing, fishing is what they knew. And so that's what they did. If any of you know anything about fishing, which I don't, it's totally unpredictable. All conditions and circumstances can seem perfect, and yet there is no catch. While another time, it can, may just be a careless cast into the water, and there is a bite. Every now and again, it's a big one, a storytelling worthy catch. The uncertainty and the possibilities, I think, is what makes fishing so enjoyable or frustrating. For many, fishing is a perfect way to spend time when life is complicated and messy and hard to figure out. And so these disciples went fishing. Through the early darkness of the morning out on the lake, there was lots of letting down the nets again and again and again but nothing. In those hours together, I wonder, did they talk about Jesus? Did they try to piece together what they'd experienced and knew? Or did they just fish in silence, letting their minds rest? And did they concentrate on the muscles needed to throw out and to haul in? Did they try to reclaim the rhythm of working together as a crew with the sole purpose of catching fish? We don't know. But we do know that they were coming back to shore in the early dawn with nothing in their nets. We do know that as they were getting close to shore, there was a man on the beach yelling to them, have you caught any fish? When they told him they had no fish, he said, let your nets down on the other side of the boat. Now they'd heard this instruction before. 
three years before, in fact, on another night of fishing when there was nothing in the nets. Three years before, when a man on the beach had invited them to take their boats out into the deep and to let their nets down. And there was a huge haul of fish. It was deja vu. And they did what the man on the beach instructed. And as soon as the nets were let down, it came up full. The disciple John turned to Peter and said, it is the Lord, it is the Lord. In a matter of seconds, the net was full of fish and that full net became a revelation, a confirmation that Jesus had come to them. He was on the beach. He was waiting for them. He was there in the darkness and the emptiness of their nets and their lives. Jesus was there. Now Peter, not one to wait for any instructions or much of anything, threw on some clothes, jumped in the water, and swam towards the shore. The other six hauled in the fish and got the boat on the beach. And there was Jesus. He'd build a fire. There were already some fish roasting, and there was bread. He was waiting for them. He'd come looking for them. He'd come prepared to feed them. He came seeking them out in their darkness and their emptiness and their confusion. This is such a beautiful story on this very last chapter of the gospel. But how many times this text, this story, just becomes the prequel to the story of what happens next. In verses 15 and following, we hear the story of Jesus asking Peter three times if Peter loved him. And each time Peter affirmed, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. How often this text is just uh, overlooked to focus on the reconciliation of Peter and, and Jesus, which is deeply and vastly important. But I purposely wanted to take some time for us to focus on this beautifully tender encounter with Jesus and the disciples he loved. Just a moment in time, when Jesus came to his weary, confused friends and followers who needed comfort, they needed food, they needed his presence, his love, his reassurance. He came to them at a low point in their lives, and he knew what they needed. Jesus came to show us the heart of God. And in this tender story, I see the heart of God that knows our deepest needs and sorrows. I see the heart of God that tells us in our times of emptiness, we're invited we're instructed to let down our nets again, to not give up, to not be afraid. I see in this story the heart of God that knows there are times where we just need to be encouraged and cared for and where being confused and silent is okay. 
I see in this story the heart of God that is able to do abundantly more than we can think or imagine. The heart of God that won't leave us alone no matter what we're experiencing. In this tender story of Jesus feeding his friends, I'm reminded that being a follower of Jesus means that there's always more to come, and it usually surprises us. Perhaps this is a time in your life where your net feels empty, or you've been casting about trying to find anything that would help to make sense of your circumstances or your struggles. Perhaps this is a time where God seems distant or you're in the dark, alone or afraid. Perhaps you're in a time of extended fishing, trying to forget to go to some other place, trying to forget about being a follower of Jesus and making sense of our faith, your faith, and what it means to be called a disciple. Or perhaps this is a time of great blessing in your life where your nets are full and you're living in the joy of God's blessing. You're rejoicing in the presence of God and God's provision. Then this is a story for you. It's a story that reminds us that Jesus knows where we are. He knows what we need. He's paying attention to the circumstances of our lives, and he continually invites us to trust him, to let down our nets. We're being invited day after day, time after time, to cast out our nets in faith, in hope, listening to his words, trusting in his promises. This is a story for all followers of Jesus in every time and every place to believe what he tells us, to listen to his words, to trust that he is with us and he can fill our nets. This is a time to remember that with Jesus, there is always enough. There will always be enough. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, teach us, help us to trust. Help us to throw out our nets where we see nothing but darkness and emptiness. Help us in the times when we are frightened and alone. Show us your abundance of grace and love as we follow you. For it is in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on your journey of faith. Don't forget to check out www.dtownpc.org to explore all the ways DPC strives to be a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love.